Tonight's sermon title is The Greatest Failure. Have you guys ever failed at something before? Yeah. Who's failed at something today? <laughs> I did. You saw me do it twice, right? I <laughs> thought that was pretty, pretty hilarious. Who's ever failed horribly at something? It was just like painful and it took days, maybe weeks to recover from it. Some of you might be still recovering from it. Well, we've all failed at something, right? And I've got a video I want Josh to play. I've got it all ready to roll up there, Josh. You just need to turn off the audience display on ProPresenter. And then bring it over. I'll tell you when to stop, so just keep, keep the cursor over there. I'm going to have it muted because the music is really dumb. And the explanations of each of them are even dumber. So, these are just a bunch of funny fails, and they're really, really expensive fails. <laughs> that is lots of money. This here apparently was a $10,000 cake. <laughs> just awful. Well... <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Oh, don't worry, it gets worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Here's this truck working real hard, real hard, and boom. <laughs> A lot of work into that thing. <laughs> I don't know what that guy was doing. <laughs> oh, was he? Oh, <laughs> uh, there it goes. I just love the look on that guy's face. He's like, e I hope they didn't see that. <laughs> oh, it just gets really, really bad. It doesn't go the way you think it does. <laughs> right into the sprinkler. <laughs> I think it was the sprinkler. There goes the plane. Lots of money to fix that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so painful to watch. <laughs> Pretty small. <laughs> Here's a QVC. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gentlemen, don't do this. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely the ring. Yep. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh. <laughs> Oh, there it goes. 
Why are they transporting it on that thing? Is my question. <laughs> oh, it's just so bad. <laughs> oh. It got caught on camera. Yeah. Straight into a pipe. <laughs> and that that's brown water coming out. <laughs> and crash. It's not a sprinkler. It's a sewage line. <laughs> it's so much worse than a sprinkler. Every single glass broken. <laughs> I don't even know what I don't even know what happened, but it was a fail. <laughs> yep. <laughs> of that guy's reaction was like, "What the?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just love it. He just leaves it. It just walks away. He's like, "Not my problem." <laughs> oh. Somebody does not have a room anymore for that cruise. <laughs> oh, the kid just smashed it with a hammer. <laughs> uh, I, I was just trying to fix it. <laughs> Oh, you're calling me back? Oh, hey, I'll come back. <laughs> All right. That's the last one, Josh. You can stop it now. Go ahead and stop it. All right. Just turn on the audience again. Has anyone ever felt that way after those? You understand how they're feeling? Hopefully you haven't failed that atrociously. Which one would you think was the greatest failure? 
They're all, they're all pretty bad. <laughs> Sewage is pretty bad. <laughs> That's the most embarrassing one, probably, right? Most expensive, I don't know. There's some. Those cars are expensive. That plane going underneath the terminal, that was expensive. Yeah, the cruise ship, that's, that's expensive. Those are pretty bad, right? So, all that to say, we're talking about failures. Epic fail. Let me find where I'm at here. Some of those are pretty bad, like I said. And all of these, if most of them, if not all of them, were pretty avoidable failures, right? A lot of them, if they just would have measured their vehicle, they would have been fine <laughs> because of clearance. Usually they got the thing stated. But I'm going to share with you a personal fail of myself, the way that I failed. I asked Caitlin for permission with this one. So if you haven't heard our story before, first time I asked Caitlin out, she hardcore turned me down. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Josh, do you want to put the picture of both of us? Here's a picture of us when we were pretty young. Aww. Yeah, I'm pretty dorky. I'm pretty awful. I mean, I understand why she turned me down. <laughs> so, here's the thing. We weren't dating at this point yet. I was about to ask her out in, I think, like a matter of hours at this point. If, if not a couple of days. <laughs> not with that. I didn't have that on my face. <laughs> and anyways, all right, bring the picture down. They're too distracted by it. <laughs> yes, we're so young. Guys, that was like, that was 2011, so that was 11 years ago. Oh, boy. Ten and a half. Yeah. So, here's the thing. I felt like the Lord was telling me to to pursue her in a relationship. So, I did. And eventually, I uh, went down to an internship in Texas. That's where she was at the time. She was graduating from it. And I went through all of these plans with our close friends. We had, like, there was a group of us. There was, like, five of us in this group, Caitlin, myself, and three others. And I plotted an elaborate plan with them because, guys, she was impossible to get by herself to ever ask her anything. It was impossible. It was so hard. <laughs> Ladies, some of you need to be that, that way. <laughs> Just, yeah. It was, it was, honestly, it was a good thing. It caused a lot of guys to hit the road. <laughs> yeah, so I make this elaborate plan with them. They've got swing dancing that's there. And so I made this plan to swing dance with her. And she didn't want to swing dance with me because there was this other guy there that she had been swing dancing with for a long, long time. And she wanted to, like, try all the crazy flips and everything because she was super good at it. She didn't want me because I didn't know how to swing dance. <laughs> I don't blame her. But eventually, we get to where I can swing dance with her. Somehow, it was a miracle. And they all say that we're going to go to the, we're going to go to Sonic afterwards, right? It was Sonic, I think. So we're going to go to Sonic. And... They just ditched us with my intention to do that because never would have got her alone. And so we had this time frame that we were going to go over to the parking lot where the vehicle was, get over there, 
So we swing dance, they dip out quick, get in the van, and they leave. And then we go over there. All right, it's time. Let's go. And we get over there. Van's gone. <laughs> and she's like, wait a second. He's done this before. This is the guy that owned the vehicle. He's done this before. He just leaves and doesn't say anything. He gets the van full, and then he just takes off. I'm like, actually, that's not what happened. And I tell her, I wanted to get you here by yourself because I wanted to talk to you about something. So I ask her out, and guys, it was an epic fail. She stone-faced just, just, I could feel my skin burning from her stare. It was awful. It was so bad. And to make it even worse, randomly, I'm in Texas, okay? That's where we are. Randomly, out of the bushes comes a raccoon. And just, I don't know if you guys have ever seen raccoons. The thing just like, ah, like a cat. It's just like, ah, I'm like, this could not get worse. That's what I was thinking before the raccoon showed up. This could not get worse. And then this raccoon pops out. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And so then she's just like, whatever. I didn't even think about this. And she walks away and refuses to stand near me at all, refuses to be by me in any pictures. There were no more pictures like that for a long, long time. It was a pretty epic fail. But it didn't stay a failure, obviously. It didn't feel the same way anymore. <laughs> but pretty horrible failure. And I felt terrible at the moment. I was like, gosh, God, I thought I was listening to you. I thought I was doing what you wanted me to. And apparently, it didn't go how I planned. You guys ever done something that didn't go the way planned? Did you ever do it that terribly up there? <laughs> Plan to install a granite countertop. Nothing <laughs> just <laughs> falls. Not very good. Anyways, yeah. So if you haven't heard, there's obviously way more details to the story. But I'm keeping it short for the sake of time. But in John 15.5, New Living Translation. This is what Jesus had to say about himself. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Do you guys know that the Bible talks about failures? And it's got examples of people that failed hard all the time. There's a lot of failures in there. I heard David. <laughs> that was a big one. That's one people often think about. Saul was a huge failure. You've got person after person, pretty much every single king that was in the nation of Israel failed all the time, constant, constant time. Doing things without God, here's the, here's the premise of it all. The biggest failure I believe that we can do is believing we don't need God. I don't need him. I don't need God. I can do it myself. I can coast through life just fine without it. Well, my question for you is, how's that going? <laughs> it doesn't go well. The Bible has lots of stories of people who tried to do this. They tried to do things without God. Doing things without Him, just, it, it doesn't work. I don't know about you, but I want my life to count for something. I want it to be fruitful, like Jesus talked about. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. I want my life to mean something. I want it to be fruitful. And to look back on my life one day and say, it had purpose and my life wasn't wasted. 
that I didn't waste my time. You guys are in a very critical point in your life right now where you can choose to just waste your days away and then it ends up being a critical direction of your life. You can choose what you want to do. The things you choose to do now will affect you the rest of your life. They will. Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verse 24 to 26. I'll give you an understanding of the book of Ecclesiastes. It was written by a very wise man named Solomon. He was said to be, in the Bible, the wisest person to ever live, other than Jesus. And this is what he had to say about choosing to live life without God. I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. He just decided to indulge himself with everything and anything he could. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This too is meaningless, like chasing after the wind. He had this understanding, if you choose to live your life for yourself, it's just going to amount to nothing. It's going to be meaningless, it's going to be pointless, there's going to be no purpose to it. Because our purpose isn't to live for ourselves. We have a purpose to live for something greater. And some of you, in light of the sermon I preached not that long ago, have been thinking, well, I am pretty awesome. I think living for myself is a pretty great reason to live. I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> Not true. Go listen to the sermon again. <laughs> but Solomon had this understanding that if you choose to live, go through life without God, it doesn't go well. It doesn't work. And that includes every aspect of your life. God wants to be a part of all of you. He wants to be a part of every avenue of your life. Not just the areas that you're comfortable with him being a part of. He wants to be involved in all of it. Let's take a look at a big fail from the Bible. You guys want to see one? This one's pretty, pretty bad. So, I'll start it out giving an explanation. We see Moses. He's at Mount Sinai. So, who knows who Moses is? Raise your hand. Some of you don't. Moses is the one who led the people of Israel out of captivity, out of slavery to Egypt. Anna's wearing a, a hoodie all about it, right? So the nation of Israel was in slavery for 400 years. And Moses is called by God to lead the people out of slavery to the land that God promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so he does this. Miraculously, God delivers them out of Egypt, they go through the Red Sea, all these incredible things happen. They get to Mount Sinai, and this is where Moses goes up to the top of the mountain, and God speaks with him. That's where he gets the Ten Commandments. He gets all of these commands from God of how to live life right. So, he says that if you do them, I will bring you into the land to possess the land and give you success in your life. Your life is going to go well. He even commands Moses up there 
and he ends up telling the nation of Israel, we are to go, and he, God doesn't even tell him as an if. He tells him, when you go to the promised land, you will go in there and take it. You will succeed. It's not even a question. He just says you're going to do it, because I'm going to be with you. So, we start at Exodus, chapter 24, verse 3. It says, Then Moses went down to the people and repeated all the instructions and regulations. He does the Ten Commandments. He does a lot of those commands I showed you guys like six weeks ago. A long list of commandments. It says, Instructions and regulations the Lord had given him. All the people answered with one voice. Let's say it together. We will do everything the Lord has commanded. Sounds pretty good, right? Have you guys even said that? God tells you to do something. You come to faith in Jesus and you're like, God, you're my Lord. I'm going to follow you to the end of the earth. The rest of my days, I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. Pretty good, right? Next, Moses ends up talking with God later on, a little bit later. Exodus 33, 15 and 16, it says, Then Moses said, and this is him talking to God. He's in conversation with him. He says, If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. That's what God said. He said, You're going to go. Go there. And he's like, Wait, wait, wait. You're coming with, right? <laughs> don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me, on your people? If you don't go with us, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Sounds pretty good, right? Moses doesn't want to do it without him, and he should. But fast forward a little bit. Numbers 14. They get to the promised land. They send in people, 12 spies, to go look out the land, inspect the land, see the people that are living there, make a game plan. Are we going to be able to do this or not? I think that was probably mistake number one. <laughs> it says, but Moses said, why are you now disobeying the Lord's orders to return to the wilderness? Because when they got there, they said, nope, not doing it. We're not going. God told us to do it. Not going to happen. So then God says, fine, you'll die in the wilderness then. You're not going to go into the land. Your kids will. And you're all going to die in the wilderness until your kids grow old enough. So, Moses is having this conversation with them because of what they did. And then they end up saying, you know what? Yeah, you're right. We sinned. We did the wrong thing. Okay, now we'll go. I guess we'll give it a shot. We'll go give it a try. But too little, too late. Moses said, why are you now disobeying the Lord's orders to return to the wilderness? It won't work. Do not go up into the land now. You will only be crushed by your enemies because the Lord is not with you. When you face the Amalekites and Canaanites in battle, you will be slaughtered. The Lord will abandon you because you have abandoned the Lord. But the people defiantly pushed ahead toward the hill country even though neither Moses nor the Ark of the Lord's Covenant left the camp. The Ark of the Covenant was always supposed to go with them everywhere that they went. 
when they went into battle, when they got moving, they were supposed to bring it with them. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites, who lived in those hills, came down and attacked them and chased them back as far as Hormah. Here's my question. How did it get to this? It went from, we will do everything the Lord commands. We do not want to go anywhere without you. To, yeah, forget it. I'm going to go do it. I don't care if you're not going to be with me. I can do it myself. That's what ended up happening. And you guys know that this wasn't even a year. It wasn't even a year later between these two instances. That changed pretty quick. From, I'll do whatever you ask, to, I'm going to do everything without you. I'm going to do anything without you. I don't need you. I don't need you, God. I can do it myself. Did it go well for him? Did it work out? No? I got a picture I want to show you guys to give you an understanding of this failed conquest that they decided to do. So Josh, it's the picture that says Israel failed conquest, if you want to pull that one up. So here's a picture of it. This is in ancient Israel at the time. So the bottom spot, Kadesh Barnea, is where they are. And that's when they decide to leave and say, you know what, we can take it, we'll go anyways. And Moses is like, guys, God said no. You tried to not do it when he told you to, and you didn't. So he punished you and said, nope, now you got to stay here. It will not succeed. It's not going to work. You're going to fail. So the solid red line, they go all the way up there, and that big star up there, the kaboom, that's where the battle happens. And it chases them all the way to Hormah with the question mark. That's a question. They don't know exactly where it was, but it was probably somewhere around there. Let me put this into perspective for something we would understand. You guys know the state of Montana. Way better than Israel, right? Probably. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine. So do the next picture there, Josh. Here's Butte, Abundant Life Fellowship. It would be like going on a foot traveling all the way from our church to Bozeman. That's the distance they travel to go attack them, to battle them. And then it doesn't go well. And they chase them all the way back to Wheat, Montana, over in Three Forks. It's a long distance. This distance here doesn't work. Fail. The distance from Abundant Life to Bozeman. It's like 85 miles. No, that's added with the distance back. So it's like 85, 90 miles. It's right around there. They traveled 90 miles with an inevitable failure mission. How stubborn can you be? They said, we're going to do it anyways. Even though God said, you will fail. Don't do it. But how often do we find ourselves in that position? God says not to do something. And we're like, why? Why not? It's not going to be good for you. Don't do it. Yeah, whatever. I'll figure it out for myself. I have to learn things the hard way. No, you don't. You do not have to learn things the hard way. And then they chased them all the way back a distance of about 35, 40 miles. It's half the distance that they traveled. Just chasing them, beating them, killing them along the way, slaughtering them as they're running back for 40 miles. 
You want to talk about running for your life? That's a long ways to go. You can take the picture down there, Josh. How did it come to this? To go from, we will do everything you command, to, we won't go anywhere without you. Those two statements, all the way to, forget you, God, I'll do it myself. I don't need you. It's a dangerous place to be. Let me go check on that. <laughs> I don't know what that noise is. Guys, this is obviously an extreme example. Like I said, they traveled 90 miles for a mission that would 100% inevitably fail. But here's the thing. The missions you try to accomplish without God will not succeed. When you try to do things yourself, it doesn't work. Guys, people have been trying to live life without God for centuries. It doesn't work. My question for you is, what have you been trying to do without him? Now, if you're trying to do something he doesn't want you to do, it will always be without him. Okay? God is not going to go with you to do something of you sinning. He's omnipresent. His love is there. But he's not joining you. Okay? God told them to stay put, and they decide not to. Like I said, it was only a year's span of time. You, this is why it's so important to keep an eye on your faith. It's why it's so important to have people around you that are going to be encouraging your faith, building up your faith. Because if you don't, it doesn't take long for it to get shipwrecked. It doesn't take long for you to go off the rails and say, screw you, God, I don't need you. Trying to do things without God is just a waste of time. It just is. It's not going to work. Right, Luke? You guys want to hear Luke's testimony about it. Good Friday. It's a good one. When he shares about how he tried to live life without God, and it didn't go well. Do his own stuff. Didn't work out. Guys, if I would have tried to follow my desire to pursue Caitlin and it wasn't with God, it would not have worked. Right, Caleb? So many people tried to get connected with Caitlin, to ask her out and get her to say yes. I'm the one that succeeded. And here's the reason why. I was doing what God wanted me to. If God didn't ask me to do it, and I did it, it would have been a failure. I had tried to do some things in my life without God. It didn't work. I ended up regretting it because I wasted a lot of time. And I could have made much better choices. I believe the enemy has been chasing some of you for a long time. Just like the story of the Amalekites and the Canaanites chasing Israel. You've been trying to do things without God, and the enemy's like... <laughs> Awesome. They don't have God on their side. This is going to be a piece of cake. And you've been running 
wondering when are things going to change? When are things going to get different in my life? My question for you is that has God been a part of your life? Because that's really going to be the big change. Them going into the promised land was an impossible mission. Did you guys know that? It was impossible for them to go in there and successfully take the land unless they had God on their side. And that's the whole purpose when you read the Old Testament, that without God, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You do it with him, and he says to do it, you will not fail. You will succeed. It will end in your victory. But when you do it without him, like the Israels found out, the Israelites, they found out the hard way that impossible missions, that's just exactly what they are without God. They're impossible. God's called some of you here, I would say all of you actually, all of you to do impossible things. He's called every single one of you in this room to do the impossible for his kingdom. But it takes doing it with him to make it possible. It takes doing things with God for them to actually turn out and go well in your favor as well as those around you. Proverbs 19, this is one Seth and I read the other day. Proverbs 19.3. I feel like I need to read this one because some of you I think it, it applies to. Proverbs 19.3, New Living Translation says, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. I've been mad at God before. And then he just goes, Why is this my fault? <laughs> I just point the finger at him and go, God, you're responsible for this. And sometimes he's like, Yeah, I am responsible for it. Because this is what I want for you. And other times when it's something such as ruining their lives, God does not want you to ruin your life, okay? He does not have that desire for any single person on this planet. But so oftentimes, we end up sticking our finger in a light socket and then pointing the finger at God. You see that burn? That's your fault. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. You're the one that's doing foolishness. You're the one that's choosing to live a life for yourself, living a life with people you know you shouldn't be around. Playing games you know you shouldn't be playing. Looking at stuff on your phones you know you shouldn't be doing. Guys, the average age that somebody looks at pornography is 14. That's the average. Actually, I think it's 11. Sorry. used to be 14. And I, I, I state that because it, it's something that doesn't get talked about in the church enough. Some of you need to ask the question, why is my life going the way it is? Is it because of my own foolishness? Sometimes it's because of other people's foolishness. But when you have the Lord with you, things turn out differently for you. When you have the Lord on your side, your life starts to be different. It starts to change. My question for you is, do you want your life to change for the better? Because when you have it with the Lord, 
That's where all the change happens. Like I said before, some of you, God's called you to do impossible things. All of you, really. Are you trying to do them with him or without him? He wants to do it with you. God wants to take you guys on an adventure. A life with God, it is an adventure. Right, John? He's been doing it for decades. Honestly, there's never a dull moment in the Christian faith. There isn't if you're doing it with the Lord. If you do it without him, there's, there's some not-so-dull moments as well, but ones that aren't the best. I want you guys to close your eyes. I'm going to finish here. I have a psalm that I want to read to you guys. And this is a psalm that I think we all need to remember. In light of Easter, with what Jesus did, the whole reason why he came is because he said, they cannot do anything without me that's of lasting value. They cannot save themselves so I'll do it. It's the whole reason why he came. Because he looked at us and he said, they're worth saving. I want to save them. And they can't save themselves. You can't do it on your own. And the key is remembering the goodness of God. Remembering how good he is. I'm saying about the song, you are good. Everything you do is good. So think of that with this psalm. Psalm 103, I'm just going to read 1 through 12. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Here's what the benefits are. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Guys, the greatest failure you can ever make is to think you don't need God. Because to think you don't need Him means you will fail inevitably at everything you try to do without Him. So why bother trying? <laughs> why bother trying to do things without Him? Stop waiting. Stop waiting to do things for Him and with Him. Why not do it today? Why not start now? You can make the difference now. 
And the big thing I want to ask every single one of you, you can stand up, we're going to get into groups. Leaders can come up front. I'll just read the two questions here. Is there anything you've been doing without God? Anything you've been trying to do without Him? And number two, is there anything God has told you to do that you see is impossible? Because like I said, the nation of Israel, what God called them to do, it was impossible. But when they had God with them, it wasn't. God's called you guys to do impossible things. Because you need to depend and rely on Him. Yeah. Amen.